Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. As we remain standing, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that we remember this day. Would you pour out your Spirit on us that we might be clothed with your power, that we might take the good news of your life, death, resurrection, and reign into the world around us, that we might embody your love to a world in need. We pray this for your glory and for our good. Amen. Please be seated. Ten days after he ascended into heaven, in that scene which I just read, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with his disciples. He had promised that he would do this, and they knew that it was coming, but they had no way of anticipating the power that would be revealed in them and through them on that incredible Pentecost day. We are given the same Holy Spirit today. When we turn to Jesus in faith, when we repent of our sins, ask for his forgiveness and trust in him for our salvation, he sends his spirit to live within each one of us. Now, for most of us, the Holy Spirit doesn't arrive with fire or cause us to speak in foreign languages. Nonetheless, we have been given the same Holy Spirit, filled with the same power and charged with the same mission as Jesus' disciples. And that mission is to bear witness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning as we celebrate the day of Pentecost and we reflect on the significance of the gift of the Holy Spirit, I want to take you back not to the day when fire settled on the disciples and they spoke in foreign languages, but a few days before, a few weeks before, back into the Gospel of Luke in order to focus on Jesus' final words to his disciples before he left them. I just read this to you. You can find it on page 885 in those red Bibles. And I want to begin at verse 46. Verse 46, having opened the eyes of his disciples to understand the scriptures, Jesus then said to them, he said, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. 
So we're in the midst of graduation season right now. Many of you have already attended a graduation of some sort over the last few weeks, and many more will attend graduation ceremonies in the weeks ahead. This time of year, we listen to lots of speeches meant to inspire and encourage young people who are on the cusp of new adventures. I listened to quite a few of these this last weekend when my daughter Isabel graduated from high school. And unfortunately, most of the speeches that we hear during this season circle around a set of predictable cliches. You've heard them all. Pay it forward. This is only the beginning. Be the change you want to see. And then most popular of all, let your passion be your purpose. I sometimes think of Jesus' final words to his disciples at the end of Luke as a kind of commencement address. So they spent the last three years studying under him, listening to him teach, watching his every move, seeing miracles firsthand. Now they're ready to graduate, ready to embrace the mission and ministry for which they've been training. So Jesus gives them one last speech. It's short and it is to the point. Wait for the Holy Spirit who will fill you with power and send you out as witnesses of all that you have seen me do and heard me teach. Jesus did not tell his disciples to find their passion so that they could figure out their purpose in life. He told them what he was passionate about. And he made it clear that his passion should be their purpose. But what was their passion? What was his passion? His passion was that the whole world might know his saving love. And what was his purpose for the disciples? It was to share that love beginning in Jerusalem and then moving out all the way to the edge of the world. I want to ask you three questions this morning. It won't take long. I know it's a holiday weekend. But these are important questions and they flow naturally out of this day of Pentecost. And the first is this, whose mission are you living for? Whose mission are you living for? So everyone gets out of bed in the morning for one reason or or another. For some of us, it's to please our parents, or at the very least, to avoid their wrath. For others, it's the lure of success, or the opportunity to make money, or the desire to beat the competition. Some of us, on the other hand, want to stay in bed and hide from the world. But this in itself is a kind of negative motivation that can be rooted in grief or sorrow or anxiety. I wonder what your motivation is. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What mission are you living for? Well, I want to suggest that for those of us who follow Jesus Christ, there is one mission that's more important than any other. Yes, it's a good thing to honor your parents. Success, financial reward, and even competition are good things, but they're not the main mission. The main mission, according to Jesus, is to take his love into every corner of the world. I think we sometimes fall prey to the idea that the sum total of the Christian life is that moment when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Once we've taken that step of faith, the rest of life basically becomes a waiting game during which we are supposed to be nice to other people while we wait to go to heaven when we die. 
Now this, of course, is not what Jesus has in mind for his disciples. Our confession of faith, it's just the beginning. We've been given a mission to take his love into the world. Now there are lots of ways to share the love of Jesus by feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, defending the weak. And we're called to all of these, but these are not all that we're called to. You see, the uniqueness of Jesus' love, it's captured in the message of salvation. Telling others about this is the only way to fully show that love. As Jesus says to his disciples, repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Our mission is to share the love of Jesus by sharing with others the good news of salvation. And the question is, are we living for this mission? Or are you trying to sneak by by being nice to the people around you? Jesus didn't say be nice to your neighbor. He said love your neighbor. And that means telling them about the love of Jesus. Now we all know from experience that sharing the gospel can be hard and it can be complicated. People think Jesus is great, but they don't understand that they need to be saved from anything. Friends put up barriers and they shoot you down or change the subject before you feel like you're getting anywhere. The mission is hard. And that unavoidable reality leads to my second question flowing out of this text, and it's this. What power are you relying on? What power are you relying on? After Jesus explained the mission to his disciples, he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit before they got to work. He said to them, behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. You know, it's easy to get overwhelmed by all of the oughts and shoulds of the Christian life. I ought to take that family a meal. I should do a better job of loving my sister. I ought to memorize more scripture. I should volunteer at the shelter. We think of all these oughts and shoulds and we feel the growing weight of personal responsibility. And the truth is we are called to these things. We're called to, gener to generosity, to sacrificial giving, study of scripture. But the power to do these things and the strength to be faithful, it's not our own. It comes from God. He is responsible for giving us the power to live the kind of lives he calls us to. And that's why he sends the Holy Spirit. The disciples couldn't complete the mission God had given them without the Spirit. They couldn't share the love of Jesus apart from the presence of God clothing them with power, and neither can we. But what does this power look like? On that Pentecost day, it involved wind and fire and foreign languages. It was incredible. But as you move into the chapters that follow in Acts, the power looks like boldness in telling the truth courage in sacrificially loving another person, patience in the face of opposition, strength to stay faithful when persecuted, the ability to communicate in words so that others can understand. I wonder if you've ever asked God to fill you with his power. 
You may, like me, ask God every day for wisdom and guidance and blessing. But do you ask him for the power to do what you already know he wants? The power to love, to tell the truth, to share the gospel. God's power is available to us through the Holy Spirit. We need only to ask for it and trust that he'll give it, covering us with courage and boldness, freedom, hope, joy, and love. I've got one last question to end with, and it's this. Which direction are you heading in? Which direction are you heading in? So when Jesus spoke to the disciples that last time, he explained that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. In Acts 1, he puts it this way. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, for the Jews of Jesus' day, Jerusalem was the center of the world, and the temple was the very heart of Jerusalem. It was where God had made his home and where God's people offered sacrifice. For this reason, everything in the Jewish world pointed toward Jerusalem with the temple at its heart. That was the direction they lived in. Well, Jesus turns this on its head when he sends the Holy Spirit. No longer is God limited to being present in the temple. Now he takes up residence in his people. Instead of God's people going to Jerusalem to be with him, God has made his home with his people, and we have been commissioned to take his presence into the world. In both sets of instructions to the disciples, Jesus says that they are to start in Jerusalem and to head out through the hill country of Judah into the region of Samaria and then beyond, taking the gospel all the way to the ends of the earth. Well, in order to do this, the disciples, they had to physically turn their backs on the temple. The direction that they had faced all their lives, the center of the world as far as they were concerned, was no longer the center. Instead, they had to come to grips with the incredible fact that God was now with them as they went out in mission. God invites his disciples, he invites us to stand up, turn around, and venture out together with the good news of his love. Now most of us, we have really well-established patterns of affection and obligation. And we live our lives in certain directions, family, work, school. If we're honest, the main direction in which we live our lives is toward ourselves, pursuing our own interests, feeding our own appetites. Well, through his Holy Spirit, Jesus invites us to lift up our heads and to turn around. There is a world full of people who are desperate to hear the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. They live down the street from you. Their kids are in school with your kids. You went to high school together. And those are just the people in the outskirts of Jerusalem and in Judea. Then there are those who are further afield, those who are in Samaria and beyond. 
These are the folks that congregate at Refugee Hope Partners each week to learn English who don't have a single American friend yet. These are the special needs residents at Casa Providencia in Panama where a small team of Holy Trinity members is gonna serve later this summer. These are the people you don't know yet to whom God might call you if you lift up your head, turn around and pay attention to the leading of his spirit. You've been invited to participate in God's mission to the world. You've been given the Holy Spirit to guide and empower you in this work. We've got to lift up our heads, turn around, and ask who he's calling us to love. So three questions for us this morning to ponder in the days ahead. Whose mission are you living for? Are you trying to find your passion so that you can figure out your purpose in life? Or have you discovered that God's passion is people and that he has invited us into his mission of sharing the love of Jesus with those around us? What power are you relying on? Are you gritting your teeth and gutting it out each day, relying on your wits? Or are you learning to trust the Holy Spirit, to ask for his power, to pray, and to wait for God to act? Finally, which direction are you heading in? Are you constrained by self-centeredness and the predictable patterns of your life? Or have you lifted your head, turned around, and look to the needs of people around you. On the day of Pentecost all those years ago, God dropped the Holy Spirit on his people like a stone in the middle of a lake. And the ripples, they're still rolling out. And we have been caught up in this great wave of God's grace. To be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, is to be indwelt by the same Holy Spirit, empowered for mission, and directed in love to share the grace of God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, would you give us a passion for your mission? Pray that it would be our purpose. Pray that you would fill us with love for those around us and those who are distant from us. As you do, would you clothe us with power? May we stop relying on our natural abilities and instead rely on the gift and power of your spirit with us to do the work you've called us to. And Lord, as we take up your mission and learn to rely on your power, would you cause us to lift up our eyes and to look, to turn our direction out to others and to pursue them with your love. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.